Hi, John. Welcome back to uh, Airhex FM. And we are after Red Hat Summit, I think, right? Yep. Uh, after Red Hat Summit. And thank you very much. Glad to be here again. Yeah. And uh, were there any news at the Red Hat Summit? Or what happened? What are the b biggest news Sorry, for oh, you? Uh, uh, the biggest news for, you know, for, for me at Summit, well, yeah, I'm being, you know, somewhat uh, self-focused here, I guess. But, for you know, for, for me, some of the bigger news is, you know, we still have, you know, Quarkus out there. We have a new Quarkus release, um, and it's actually um, supported now. So um, if there's, you know, people are looking for support, we didn't make an announcement around it, um, but it's actually supported. So for me, that's even though it was, you know, um, there, there's no PR on it. You know, for me, that was 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 pretty important. Okay, and how it works? So you can just uh, go to Red Hat and buy support, or is it so how to Red, get support? Red Hat runtimes. Yeah, it's Red Hat runtimes is the uh, you know is the product, and it's um, the um, Red Hat build of Corcus is the official you know name. But uh, it's under the Red, Red Hat runtime SKU. So if you just go to, um, you know, one of the product pages, or, mm -hmm. or you talk to your, you know, salesperson, it's it's uh, just Red Hat runtimes. Okay. And does it work uh, similarly to JBoss, where uh, you know the supported version is older than the actual one, or you can just you know go with the open source and then buy support on top of it? So the way um, Red Hat basically does all of their open source projects is they do actually have internal builds of the upstream open source. So being consistent with the way Red Hat productizes product, it will it is actually a, a separate download or separate Maven repo um, in this case um, that is, is productized and, and we support that productized set of bits. So the recent version is supported. So I think it was one for one, right? So is it supported? I, I think it's one three one right now. <clears throat> okay. So it's not bad. It was where I know zero seven or something it would be bad news, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, yeah. He, but but this is the thing with with open source, right? If if you look, it moves it moves pretty darn quickly. Um, mm -hmm. And if you look, Quarkus Upstream has a lot of tech preview inserted in there, um, and so for a lot of organizations, it's not. You know, they're looking for a little bit more stability mm -hmm. um, when they have support, and so that's one of the reasons why Red Hat approaches things this way right is it's 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 stable supportable um versus upstream which just moves more quickly right so i just forgot about your title so what's your title is your product manager for quarkus or what's uh it's just it's same as it's same as it's ever been uh the talking heads i don't know if you remember that song um it's the uh i'm a senior principal product manager okay so i do product management um, kind of just around next generation platforms. So that means I do a lot of work, you know, it, or as you know, I do a lot of work upstream with MicroProfile. Um, I do some work upstream with Jakarta. Um, I do a lot of work with Quarkus. Um, although the productization of Quarkus was actually done by Thomas Vardstrom. Um, mm -hmm. so he's the, you know, product PM. Um, but I, I do a lot of work around it. Kind of from an upstream perspective. Mm -hmm. Okay, and um, yeah, what are you doing? So, uh, what's your job right now? So, I w w what are you doing the whole day? I mean, so you are just thinking about well, features or coordinating teams or what's what's going on? Well, 
Interestingly enough, it's it's actually a decent chunk of microprofile right now. Okay. So microprofile um, has to move to a working group within the microprofile. Sorry, within the Eclipse Foundation. Basically, because of uh, IP flow, you want to protect. Uh, have this IP flow so that as IP flows from an organization like a vendor. Mm-hmm down to um, folks that work on the technology within MicroProfile to implementations of MicroProfile, because MicroProfile produces specs, down to the end users, you want to have kind of this clean IP flow. And to have that clean IP flow, one of the things, uh, due to legal documents you sign and stuff, um, you actually have to um, have a working group in Mm -hmm. place. So... Um, right now we're working on a, uh, a microprofile working group in the Eclipse Foundation, and there's, you know, formal stuff that has to be done, right? Oh. It's, it's, it's almost like building a product, right? Um, you know, you have to talk, you know, there's, whether it's legal or documentation or QE, right? You got to kind of assemble all these things. It's kind of similar even creating a working group, right? You, you have to talk to various organizations. Um, you have to make sure that you have infrastructure, like a, you know, a web page for the working group, you know, all, all sorts of stuff that has to get done. And so right now we're actually working on, so I, I do some of that background work. And there's have actually, um, uh, I'm, I'm tracking all the stuff in GitHub. Uh, so if you just go to, you know, GitHub slash Eclipse slash microprofile, there's a GitHub issue where I track all this stuff. Okay. And then the, the biggest thing is the working group draft. Right. So what does it mean to be a microprofile working group? Right. Who can join? Who can vote? Um, you know, what are the kind of the, you know, the overall principles, uh, stuff like that. Right. It's, it's kind of an organizational um, document that you have to have in place. And so um, I'm, I'm kind of helping manage that on behalf of the community as we edit this. OK. So it sounds, so, so, sounds like politics to me. It is actually, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it is, you know, um, but, but, but you are, you are you a know, technical the, guy. I mean, so, so I mean, I'm, I'm well, product manager is here. Here's the thing about product managers is, is you sit between also, you, you kind of sit in the middle, um, of a lot of different things, right? You, mm-hmm. you work with engineering and, and there's some product managers that are very technical, mm-hmm. right? So I do a lot of technical stuff. Some product managers are more business savvy, and so they're more process kind of product managers. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to be on the more technical side. Yeah. Um, so yes, you know, via the various conversations we've had over the years, right? Um, I, I I can have very technical conversations, but I also have to be able to build messaging, working with marketing, like I mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. making sure all the legal stuff is signed off, and work with um, other product groups, mm-hmm. right, and talk alignment strategies between products. And so you have politics in product management, um, even without something like the microprofile working group. So, you, you know, you really want to make sure that you can, you know, be able to work with various groups. There's a little bit of program management in there as well, I guess, but um, I, I'd never personally want to be a program manager. It's just not my thing <laughs> yeah. because I'd, I'd lose a technical aspect. Right. Okay. So, so, so why, why are you involved um, with microprofile? Yeah. Another, I mean, I mean, the coupling between microprofile and core codes is a little bit loose because uh, to my understanding, 
Quarkus is uh, more than MicroProfile. So why is do so much work with MicroProfile right now? So we founded MicroProfile in 2016, mm -hmm. right? And so, oh, was that long ago? Uh, I remember. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> oh. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Yeah, so it was founded in 2016. Um, you know, Red Hat and, and myself was heavily involved. So it's, I, I kind of, in various contexts, say I'm a, I'm a co-founder because I was involved in setting up MicroProfile personally yes. on behalf of Red Hat. Yes. Um, and so I've never really, uh, I've never left. So I'm still, along with Kevin Sutter, co-leads of MicroProfile. And in, in, in the Eclipse Foundation, all a project co-lead means is you're a committer, just like all the other committers, but you just kind of try and manage things like roadmaps and, you know, what, uh, you know, making sure that things are moving along. That's mm -hmm. really, you have, you have no more or no less, um, no more or, or no less, uh, uh, responsibilities in terms of, you know, no, no more power, I guess. I don't really want to use the word power, but, um, but you're just a, a committer that tries to move things along, right? So I've been that way. Uh, I've been kind of a, a co-lead committer since 20, well, since the Eclipse Foundation, which is probably close to 2017. So um, I, I still do that. And so that's still a primary role for me, even though Quark is, has been around for, you know, a little over a year now. Mm -hmm. So uh, one question then regarding MicroProfile, as you remember our conversation. So at the beginning, you know, you you always were concerned with uh, you know the speed and and uh, and uh, cloud native and 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 my my uh, my answer was always no. Why you're doing this? Whitefly is just fine. And um, and uh, the question is at the beginning, you saw the goal that MicroProfile becomes more than Java, that uh, that uh, you know the uh, the the metrics and what we have, open API and all this stuff on top. Because at the beginning, MicroProfile was very limited. So I actually wanted to have more than mm -hmm. you. You say, okay, we just start with JaxRS. I wanted to have, you know, the asynchronous stuff and uh, and uh, and more than actually you uh, wanted and the others. So for me, it was a pointless at the beginning. So, okay, MicroProfile, what, I mean, this is like, you know, crippled Java -y. Who cares about that? But now it's just really mm -hmm. capable. Uh, I, I mean, uh, now I really like MicroProfile because... Uh, I get added value out of that, right? So I have a config, I have a metrics, I have open API. I, I actually uh, really enjoy MicroProfile. So the question to you, it just happened or was it your vision from the beginning that MicroProfile becomes a lot more than Jakarta E? Um, it, it, the vision was, was never to become uh, more or less necessarily than Jakarta EE. It was, we, we have a gap in uh in the industry um around micro microservices standards mm -hmm. right and so when we founded microprofile uh, the whole idea is to um build out specifications uh for the development of microservices and to do it quickly yeah. Right. So I think at the beginning it was more or less a hack, you know, to to have uh, the the next release of Java E a little bit earlier. I think, right? Um, this was the thing again, with the profile. Uh, you know, remember the conversation with profile and. <laughs> yeah. You well, know, yeah. Could it be a profile within Jakarta or something like that? You know, m maybe. But right now I, I see them. Uh, boy, there's very ways you can kind of carve this. So in some ways, I, I see them 
targeting different markets. Um, and it's, there's obviously a gray area, right? Um, you, you, you can write monoliths with Quarkus and you could write microservices with Java EE, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's, you know, it's gray. But when I look at things, it's like the Red Hat user base, um, that uses, for example, Wildfly and JBoss EAP, um, I don't think that they want, um, the rapid pace of development that MicroProfile offers for the entirety of Java EE, right? It's like a segmented market. Some people want stability. Some people want to move fast. And interestingly, it's not necessarily at the organization level, right? You have various teams within um, an organization that may have the flexibility to move fast, and some organizations that intentionally want to move slow and stable um, and more stably because they're risk-averse and they want stability and they have existing um, services that w they want to incrementally extend, mm -hmm. right? So I, I don't necessarily see more as, you know, one being more than the other. I, I see it as um, I'm more cautious on the Jakarta side and how it evolves. Mm -hmm. Whereas from day one, we've stated, hey, with MicroProfile, we're gonna move faster. Uh, we are, we've already had major releases like of, of MicroProfile Health, and we've broken backwards compatibility. Yeah. Right? Now, we don't do it willy-nilly. Um, you know, we, we do it in a concerted way, but it's a, it's a different kind of approach. Now, imagine if, if we took a very conservative organization and we said, you know, across a handful of specs, guess what? We broke backwards compatibility. If you want to upgrade to the next version of our product, then you're going to have to rewrite some code. Uh, but I think right? it, it, does, it just doesn't fly. Yeah, but I think it is not as bad because if you if you, if you look at the uh, Jakarta E, what it actually does, uh, I mean, the major part is CDI, of course. So it's like, you know, the backbone of everything. And uh, mm -hmm. then, of course, uh, JPA is also used a lot, and, and they have to be rock solid. Mm -hmm. But if you take a look at, at MicroProfiles, the, the interesting part is it is very powerful, but is not intrusive. For instance, let's let's assume you would break a health check, right? So if, if you look mm -hmm. at the health check API, there are basically three annotations. So if you break this, an, a microservice is probably at most, I would see, three health checks, usually one, right? One probe with uh, readiness and liveness, and that's basically it. So it's mm -hmm. very easy to fix. The same story used with uh, Prometheus metrics. It's not like, you know, every method has metrics. So there are projects like that, but this is pointless. Usually you have, you know, a few mm -hmm. meaningful metrics which are exposed. So if you break something, I only have to identify, you know, these five metrics and fix them. It's not like, you know, and if you break CDI, everything is broken. So it takes a lot more time and energy to fix things in Jakarta E than in MicroProfile. This is my observation. So, yeah, I remember you, it was very interesting to me that you kind of carved um, or described um, MicroProfile this way in that it tends to create specifications that deal with thing external things, right? Yes. Whether it's external projects, external standards. And I'd never really thought of it that way. So so to me that was a, a new idea in terms of how to how to think about microprofile. I don't think it applies hundred percent. No. Um you know so it, it might in terms of you know open API or or, or tracing fault um, tolerance or the exception. Like that, right? Fault tolerance is the exception. Fault well I would say metrics is too. Um because it's not just about exposing platform and vendor performance metrics, mm -hmm. right, out to the end user. 
sorry, um, out to Prometheus. It's also you can write business metrics. This is what I right. Th- using... this, is, this is what I what 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 I, what, I, what I say. So I'm absolutely in my projects. We actually, I cannot remember. We really relied on the technical metrics. What we always start to know is a view counters, like business metrics. You know how how much stuff was bought and uh, and whatever, how many messages were was wrong typed and how many timers we had. Uh, it's always business metrics. This is what we do, and the technical metrics they are just there. So I, this is what what I, this is my feedback to you. And uh, regarding the white fly, what you said with the support, also interesting observation. In one project, it was actually a micro uh, a microservice project. And we had to use the JBoss EIP because the project was really, really important. But uh, my clients didn't mind, you know, to use SmallRye as a patch to have the full microprofile support. So they say, uh, because mm. the risk was uh, very low and um, and we used uh, JSON Web Token, I remember. So we patched JSON Web mm. Tokens and um, Matrix were not, back then were not, not, not existing. So, okay, and my, and, and my argumentation was, look, when do you know the the metrics will break? It is even we can also. So what? Which option do we have? Right? We could implement our own metrics, so the chances are even higher that they will break. Or we pick more right, and if they break, we don't use them. So I mean, the the risk was really really low. So if you have you know just the Jakarta E platform, and then you have to expose metrics. So if you if you take you know small right and patch the Jakarta E and it works, it is a way better solution uh, on top of supported platform than you know implemented by yourself. So I don't think this is critical. So you can still have, you know, the base platform, which is supported. For me, it's more, Jakarta is more like Linux, you know. Linux has to be rock solid. Mm -hmm. But it's not like, you know, I uh, recently, last week, actually, upgraded from CentOS 7 to CentOS 8. And for me, it was like a non-event. It's not like, you know, everything is better. It just works as it worked before. And uh, I just did it because I had some time. So and and this is for me also. I have to say I, I lost my excitement about Jakarta E since Jakarta E six. So this Jakarta uh, sorry Java E five and Java E six. So Java E five was yeah. already fine and six was great. And then I say okay whether Java E seven will come out or not. I'm I'm really really happy. It's very similar to Java eight. Java eight is a huge event. Whether I'm using <laughs> you no know, Java eight JDK. 11 or 14 it is a this is okay but not like you know i'm extremely excited about java 15 or whatever right and 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 this is what people don't understand it this is you cannot just you know innovate like crazy in cdi and uh and because it is um it is 90 percent is already solved and if you think about new features it's really harder and harder to find something sensible which with added value to to cooperation and microprofile will have moved faster because the CNCF moves like crazy and, and, and we get more and more interesting parts, right? Yeah. Uh, so there's like a Venn diagram um, of, of how I see Jakarta and microprofile, right? So mm-hmm. in the overlapping area, what I see are some of the specs that you mentioned. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's a Venn diagram with three things probably. CDI, just Sorry, I'm trying to mentally right? visualize this. No, 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 no. Um, between Microprofile Jakarta and something like, and the third third one would be Quarkus and Helidon, mm-hmm. right? Where you have Jakarta is really a collection of specifications. Mm-hmm. One of those specifications is the platform spec, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you have a ton of specifications like, you know, servlet that are used all over the place outside the platform mm-hmm. right spring right uses i don't know half a dozen a dozen java ee specs for instance yeah um then then you've got micro profile which which adds 
you know, it leverages some of the Jakarta EE specs. Mm-hmm. So it picks the ones that it thinks are relevant, uh, most relevant. I don't want to um, overstate it um, to, to microservices, right? That lets us build a core programming model. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, upon which you can build other specs and just rely on those things being there, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the CDI, the JAXRS, and the JSON. Then you have this third thing at the bottom that's, you know, the microprofile, sorry, the <laughs> Heladon and, and Quarkus that say, okay, we're going to um, implement microprofile um, and some of the Jakarta specs, mm-hmm. right? And so one of the values, I think, of, of microprofile is again, I think Heladon and Quarkus are, are, they're new, they're moving faster, um, they're innovating faster. Um, a lot of it's because they don't have this install base that you have with Jakarta or Spring or anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's new, it has the flexibility to do that. So um, what it's doing is it's picking, okay, microprofile is moving fast, um, so we're gonna you know, leverage the microprofile APIs, um, we can support some of these other APIs like, um, you know, you mentioned, and, and they're good examples, like like GPA, um, WebSockets, or, or whatever, right? So um, it, it picks things from the base platform because, you know, microprofile is feature-rich, but it's not complete, right? There's no persistence API. Mm-hmm. And, and so let's, let's use GPA. Fine, makes sense. Um, and, and so that's what we're doing. So um, I, I see... Uh, I see these as three separately moving but interrelated circles on this Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I mean, the the discussion whether they should be merged or not, in my opinion, they should be kept separated because from architectural perspective, they they, they have different pace. And and that pace is not dictated by by the vendors rather than by the fact that, you know, uh, the Jakarta E is actually all about Java. Yeah, actually, yes. With a little bit of rest, yeah. JaxOS. This is this. Uh, if HTTP changes properly, we'll have to change. You know, JaxOS, but this is unlikely. Oh, who who, who knows? This the, the next the next HTTP. Yeah, 3. yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. And HTTP two, right? Yeah, and HTTP three is <laughs> serverless. Yeah, right. And uh, and uh, JPA. We already had the conversation of what to do with NoSQL, and and back then I remember the Java one session where uh, they invited the 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 audience, and no one had a great idea on what to do because uh, you could actually do already great things with JPA. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and and microprofile, uh, as I said, you know, if I, if you, for instance, emit metrics, they have to have the open metrics of Prometheus format. You cannot just invent your own format because it will never get accepted, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and and uh, if uh, let's say service mesh becomes a part of Kubernetes and OpenShift, and this is like the de facto standard, then we have to think about you know what to do with fault tolerance or whether circuit breaker. What what do this and and how to how to how how to adapt to that right, and and, and next mm-hmm. thing could be cloud events. You no, know? if the cloud events become a thing, probably we could do something with microprofile, and um, also logging. Now there was some discussion discussion about logging. From my, <laughs> from my perspective, it would be enough, you know, to have one interface with three parameters oh. which logs to system out, and this this will how we, how we start with this thing, and um, this could be useful things, and. Um, and um, yeah, but I'm, I'm glad you see this uh, from from your, from your perspective, but a little bit differently from from my my angle and how I explain it in projects. Uh, I never my clients look at me and say, "Okay, we got it." So this is, seems like it right. seems logical to users, you know. And you are you have complete different right. perspective because you're implementing this stuff. So you see s- s- everything from 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 you know you have the internal point point of view. And um, no, and this also, is actually really good feedback. 
I mean, I, I, I do, I, I do find it a very interesting perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yeah, this is what I, this is my, like my official, not official explanation. I thought a, a, a bit, a lot about that. And I also observed, you know, the CNCF itself. So they, uh, they had the metrics and then they have uh, open telemetry, I think. And uh, they rename it, they, they try to merge open API on uh, open, sorry, open tracing and uh, on metrics. And if this gets merged, so we will have to do something about that. It will impact, you know, micro profile, but a Jakarta E will remain the same. So I've, from my perspective, it makes absolute sense. And, um, What's uh, um, and also interesting, you know, the uh, Helidon and, and Quarkus are both really interesting frameworks. So um, they're almost opposite architectures, you know, where uh, where Helidon, you write your own main method and then you, you know, you, you are in charge how to start the thing. And Quarkus happened right now in this release. I think you can you have more influence yeah, how to four. start and stop, you know, the 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 Quarkus. But um, what what I like about Quarkus, and this is also funny, you know, to observe. Some 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 sometimes I hear, you know, uh, the argument uh, like uh, Quarkus is not uh, microprofile compatible, and this is like I, I really don't care. I mean, uh, how much affect this my project, and how long would it take to take Quarkus and migrate to Helidon? This is the point, you know, whether it is one hundred percent microprofile compatible or not. The question for me is: it how beneficial is it, and how much am I depending on Quarkus? So in the in the last Ehex um, Live event two days ago, we had a conversation about Panache, you know. So should we use it or not? It's like okay, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I like it. The thing is, it is completely Red Hat invention. I mean, Red Hat with community, of course. And if it dies, mm -hmm. you will have to migrate somewhere else. And I mean, if you stick with Hibernate, the chances are lesser that something happens, but you have to write more code. So this is the thing. And if you have you know a, a mi microservice architecture. And you have a, a small service which uses panache. No one will care. If you have a huge monolith, you know, mm -hmm. with hundreds of, of entities and everything is panache depending, then you have to think about, you know, and um, if mm -hmm. this is the strategic de decision, I would go to panache, you know, see how many contributors they are, how active they are, and then you can decide whether it's a good thing or not. And then I show them, you know, the whole class hierarchy and I show actually panache is more like repository pattern implemented by someone. It's not like, you know, complete magic. Well, it does both. Yeah. It, it does the active. Uh, it, it does the active record, record pattern. And the entity. That's how people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, and the repository pattern, mm -hmm. right? So you kind of have the choice. Yeah, now, but you can I you can this, move up the hierarchy and mm -hmm. you see what happens. So if you go to repository, you see you know get entity manage and persist is not like magic. You actually this is like fully implemented repository, right? It's not. Uh, I don't know. See, I don't really use the repository pattern. I almost always use active record. Yeah. So me as well. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the, here's here's how I see Quarkus playing out, ex extending that answer. And it's it's not a complete answer yet um, because everything is still evolving. But, you know, Quarkus is, in some cases, it's coming up with complete new frameworks, mm -hmm. right? Like, the, uh, and in some cases, it's extending existing frameworks. Mm -hmm. So Panache is a good example mm -hmm. of extending JPA. Um, in some cases, like if you look at reactive routes, Mm -hmm. um, which is just layered on top of uh, Vertex mm -hmm. um, routes. Then you have um, a fully asynchronous way, you know, more like a, a Node.js or Vertex way of of mapping, you know, routes to logic. Uh, and I, I see Quarkus is kind of trying these things out in a Java context mm -hmm. and um, figuring out how popular they they are and if developers like it. And then maybe what Red Hat can do is contribute those back 
whether it's Jakarta or MicroProfile. Yes, and this is the danger. Right? What I said, because you, if you look at the number of extensions, it, it grows like exponentially, right? So if you go list extensions, you have, uh, I think, at least 30 camel extensions and, and others. Okay. And, and, and I checked. Yeah. Sorry, I, I checked just before the call because I figured this might come up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally like 220 total extensions. Mm -hmm. uh, and when we launched, by the way, it was 40, period. Yes. Um, so in a year, we've gone from 40 to 220. And about half of them, almost exactly half, I think it's 109, um, are, well, actually, the other half. So it's 111 are camel-related, mm -hmm. right? So it's all about enterprise integration patterns. So yes. you have 109 kind of traditional Java EE or reactive-style um, uh, extensions, and then the other half are around enterprise integration patterns. So it's about half-half. Yeah, but some of them will die. So I mean, you you will get more and more extensions, and I think in one point of time you you can you ha you have to say this particular extension was not accepted by community, so it will be deprecated. So there will be a process like that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, and now what's interesting is that some of those extensions um, are actually being contributed by the community. No, no. Right? So there's a this Hazel is not, not a criticism; it's just a fact. So I got the, you know the question. Oh no, no, no! I agree with you. Uh, because I, no, I, I agree with you 100%. At the AHEX Live, you know, we started with the, uh, someone asked me about my opinion about the JOK, the JOKE, J-O-O-Q, you know, it's just, uh, and, and, yeah, the, yeah. and then I saw the, uh, show them uh, Panache and they say, okay, but uh, Panache is also proprietary and uh, JOKE is also proprietary. What's the difference, right? So we, we had a conversation about that. And um, mm -hmm. so, so my point is just, if you rely on MicroProfile inside Quarkus, then the chances are, almost zero that something will be removed and if it is going to be removed you can just move to Helidon you know and if Panache right, becomes right. a micro profile standard this is a completely different story this could be an interesting part right. you know because uh, micro profile is, is lacking uh, persistence so this could be an interesting proposal to pick you know Panache and make it a pro micro profile spec that could be implemented by Helidon this would be great for instance yeah, well, should it be Jakarta? Should it, you know, because it's GPA related? Um, should it happen in MicroProfile because it wants to move quickly? You know, if and when Red Hat thinks it's appropriate to, um, it, you know, to, to decide to create a spec out of it, it's still changing a lot. There's still a lot of feedback, yeah. so it's too early. But um, you know, at some point, yeah, you know, where it goes is is going to depend on maybe how stable it is. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably going to be a big piece of it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and yeah, it, it would have a persistent solution, a persistence API. But in, in, in reality, it's just an extension of GPA, yes. right, which is already there. In yeah, but Dakota, from so. programming perspective, it looks a little bit different, right? So this is, a, if, you, if you, as a developer, I agree. And, 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 you, and you look at Panache, there's, there's actually, if you just go with the, uh, with the entity model, active record model, it, it looks like a domain-driven design on steroids, right? So you have just entities and say, yeah, yeah. yeah this is uh, really nice, and you don't see the entity manager. So if you if you just follow the abstract classes, you will find the entity manager inside, which makes me happy because actually this is just JPA nicely packaged. So the chances are very low that something can happen because I could fix it by myself, right? So I, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. And um, so what's also interesting, Quarkus, I think this is the very first opinionated framework right because uh for, it reminds me a little bit on ruby on rails back then i mean this is as a positive way not negative way because at the beginning right. they uh they just said okay whatever we just com provide complete solution and they provided everything was nicely documented and they showed you know on stage how easy it is to create a block and um mm -hmm. block right and and at quarkus is also i mean mm -hmm. if you go to extensions you see all the tutorials and everything you know plays well together 
And uh, because it's opinionated and because you have to optimize a lot, it is not uh, not fully compatible. So I think this is the trade-offs are interesting, right? Because I I, I saw somewhere in the in the mailing list like uh, Quarkus does not support. I forgot portable extensions, and I thought about this. Okay, I, it's I think, portable extensions. Yeah, is missing. I think uh, I, the last time I, I I wrote a portable extension was an article for Oracle actually, or, or the, the the magazine or Java magazine or Oracle magazine, and in project is. If, as a developer, you, you actually you, sh you shouldn't write portable extensions because it's just too much magic. So no one, you know, uh, a, a, a developer in a larger project and you write extension and something happens behind the scenes, no one will expect something like this. So I, I have to say, in a Jakarta project, I would never expect seeing an extension. So extension is more interesting if you are building a product. So if you have to know augment some code or do something for Quarkus or, or server developers, the extensions are perfect. But for applications developers, me, for me, a defect, uh, a, a extension would be a defect because uh, someone would you know, a little bit show off and see, you know, show off uh, what 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 uh, she or he can do and confuse other developers. Well, okay, there's there's a session um, at Red Hat Summit. I should point people to. Yeah. Um, it's it's Vodafone Greece mm -hmm. did a presentation on why they moved from Spring to Quarkus. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and one of the things in there that he's, the, the speaker stated was that they plan to write extensions. So keep in mind what extensions do. It, it really can come in handy for two primary reasons. So this isn't something a, a general developer would use, right? Like exactly. if you have a platform group with, 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 within your organization that everybody's supposed to standardize on, right? Or if you expect to share your stuff around, then yeah, um, it might make sense that you can write an extension. So an extension does two really useful things. Um, first thing it does is it enables the integration of whatever the framework is into the configuration subsystem of Quarkus. So that means they can configure that framework using the application of properties file. Mm -hmm. Right, and it, it, that to me is a very valuable thing if, if you have a corporate standard framework, right, internal framework. Um, the second reason is because you can get optimizations with startup time and um, uh, memory utilization if you write an extension, right? So if you have something that is, you know, typically a large resource consumer, um, what you could do is write an extension and um, have it pre-optimized. So that it is, you know, managed. Uh, sorry, so that it runs more efficiently at runtime. For a good example, if your internal framework uses XML, yeah, right, you're you're carrying uh, in a traditional framework, you're carrying that XML parsing overhead. Even if that's the only thing it does is configuration file, you know, with, with XML, you're carrying around the footprint of that XML parser just to start up and parse a file. With Quarkus. If your framework uses XML, it will um, parse that XML at build time, and you won't have to carry that parser at runtime in memory. Yeah, but right? I, so there's those, those are two very useful things, even for an internal framework. But I could use uh, Quarkus extensions. I don't have to use CDI extensions for that. No, that's all. I was mixing. I was talking. Um, I'm sorry. I was talking Quarkus extensions. No, no, no. Whenever you use the word <laughs> extension, no, I, think I, saw, Quarkus... I, I saw criticism that Quarkus does not support CDI extensions. You know the, oh. and, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, say yeah, okay, yeah. the CDI extension they are nice. I uh, and uh, the CDI extensions are uh, nice, but uh, I mean, uh, in 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 an average project, yeah. if someone you know implements a business logic in CDI extension, this would be for me a defect. This would like you know too much magic. The Quarkus extensions, you are absolutely right. 
that is like the the the, the yeah. Quarkus way of, of contributing even without the extensions. I think it's impossible to have GraalVM optimization, right? Because you have to expose some classes and 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 this is this different story. They are not portable, but they are Quarkus. So I mean, this is how Quarkus operates. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. So yeah, I, I did understand the first part of your your earlier comments about portable extensions, but then when you used extensions standalone, I lost that. Okay, no, no, no CDI problem. This context. Is, um, yeah, CDI. I mean, the Quarkus is not fully. Also, there are some you know some some minor incompatibilities with uh, JaxOS, but uh, but uh, what's what's interesting is the opinionation. You know, you say okay, this is like it is, and we go this way. This, the only thing which annoys me in Quarkus, a small thing, is the name of the application dot properties and not mp np config. You know, I would expect. Right. That um, this is the only thing because at the beginning I was really confused why is application properties and then microprofile properties. I understand that Quarkus is more than than microprofile, but I mean, and, and I think you should support both. You know, application properties mm -hmm. and there is the microprofile file then should be supported as well. Yeah, it supports both, um, and it also supports YAML, but it, among other oh, you know, you, sh you should not stuff. mention that. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it secret. Oh, Bruno, why is Bruno Borges listening? Yeah. Uh, Bruno likes actually YAML, or I think this was a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, is it a joke? I, I don't know. I, I suspect this, this because he loves YAML, and I thought this was a joke. <laughs> I have to ask him. I don't know. <laughs> okay, but, but okay, so so Quarkus supports microprofile config, um, and and the way it works is microprofile config is is fully supported. If you have anything, if if, if you have properties defined in application of properties as well, then they override what's in the microprofile config. Oh, cool. So, when um, it happened? Recently, right? No, that's been there since day one. Because uh, I did a tool, the, the Jotanizer, and it generated the microprofile config file, and it was not picked up by Quarkus, I remember back then. And then I asked someone and say, yeah, this was even proposal from uh, Ken Finnegan, I think. All right. I I thought it was there from day one because no matter, but maybe if, the very very early build okay. it wasn't. Um, but, but this is fine if you support both. I thought both. we fixed that fairly. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so I did a um, a live hangout, um, O'Reilly live hangout, um, live training on on Quarkus and MicroProfile. And the advice I use there is, yeah, if portability is important to you, then use the MicroProfile config. Dot properties. I mean, the reason why we have an application dot properties file, um, you know, Quarkus isn't just microprofile, yes. right? There's mm -hmm. a lot of Vertex stuff in there and stuff. So using microprofile dot properties only can have a misleading kind of context. So mm -hmm. having both is, is, is a good thing. And there has to be an order of precedence. So application overrides microprofile mm -hmm. uh, property file. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, what what else happened at the Red Hat Summit? So what interests me is that there any other no interesting news for people outside Red Hat uh, uh, according to Java-related news, let's say. Java-related news. Oh, boy. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm mostly focused on just the Quarkus stuff. Or Quarkus. Just go Quarkus. It's also interesting. Yeah, yeah, Quarkus. So, I mean, so I wrote a... Um, a blog post on Quarkus.io mm -hmm. that provides a link to all the Quarkus-related sessions. Yes. So that's that's the uh, all the user stories. There was like I think four different Quarkus end users 
mm-hmm. um, presented, and um, I've watched a couple of them. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched them all. There's um, um, presentations uh, uh, re- regarding Camel, right? and so some things that, that touch Quarkus, like um, can't write all the extensions in Camel and, and Camel K and, and stuff like that. Um, we, you know, Quarkus is a um, is a is a runtime for Camel K. So you know you, you have these various um, sessions that target it. So just take a look at the blog file. Sorry, at the uh, blog. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> there's no way to deep link uh, past the login page mm-hmm. to point directly at a, um, a session. Mm-hmm. So you have to log in. Okay. And then you can just do a search for the session name. Um, okay. Another question which interests me is um, who actually decides from. I don't think this is all about community. So, uh, who is in charge now of direction of Quarkus? Is it one person, or is it you have a committee at Red Hat, or how it actually works? So, because you know, uh, it, it seems like just community would be a mess. So, I cannot. Uh, and it seems like you have at least a direction. You know, so the camel stuff happened. Then you have you know a little bit of cute. Then you have uh, the panache, and and this is like the direction seems to be really fast, but it's directed. It's not like you know complete mess. I would expect in a in a community driven project or too much you know com- uh, committees and and talking. There's like really fi- face pa- uh, uh, fast paced you know direction. So how it works actually? So Red Hat is a fairly bottom up organization. Um, you know, unlike some of the you know larger organizations that may be top down because they have a lot of uh, I don't know it's it's more traditional right top down I guess. Whereas at Red Hat it's fairly bottom up. So what, if you look at what Quarkus really is, it's, it pulls on the experience of our Vertex team, yep. right? Underlying a lot of Quarkus is Vertex, mm-hmm. right? Even the JaxRS stack now is layered on top of Vertex, mm-hmm. um, and asynchronous and everything, right? Then you got our, you know, micro profile team. Then you got, you know, some of the folks that work on the, on the J- Jakarta Java EE stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got things in there like, you know, Panache and WebSockets and mm-hmm. some of the other stuff that are extensions. Um, and then you have um, our Spring team, right? So you got a bunch of Spring compatibility frameworks. Mm-hmm. And so what you'll find is, is people are um, in some ways saying, how can I take what I've got and integrate it with Quarkus? Mm-hmm. So what you're, what you're starting to see is a lot of the Red Hat middleware um, is beginning to layer on top of Quarkus, mm-hmm. right? So you've got Camel, right, and, and, and Fuse are, are beginning to, to layer on top of Quarkus. And you're going to see other ones as well because the memory footprint savings, even on the GVM, I mean, to, to just take native compilation out of it, um, and the startup time improvements are, are really meaningful, mm-hmm. right? Um, and since, right, we're, we're a Kubernetes OpenShift, right, container kind of company, um, that makes that that's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. So, in in some sense, people see it as a way to optimize their own stacks um, and and express their value in, at Red Hat, you know, through the various projects and extend that value into into Quarkus itself. So that's some of it. Um, early on, it started out with a very core set of people. So, you know, Emmanuel Bernard is an example, um, and Jason Green, right? Those are a couple of guys that are kind of the engineering face of Quarkus. 
And, you know, there's a, a team of others behind it, right? You know, Ken Finnegan was there too with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on, from a micro profile, thorn tail aspect. And so, um, there was a very early, you know, base set of ideas, uh, for Quarkus around, you know, build time, um, uh, 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 you know, build time optimizations, um, and native, compilation capability, but leveraging all the frameworks people already know, right? Mm -hmm. The GPA and mm -hmm. microprofile and Jakarta stuff. So um, that kind of provided the foundation. And what you're seeing, interestingly, to some degree, is you're seeing, you know, we're, we don't want to sway from that core foundation, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you do an extension and you want it in our repo, then it's got to compile to native. Mm -hmm. Right. So we have kind of these some some core principles, not that you have to run it native, but it has to be able to compile the native. Mm -hmm. So we have kind of have these these core principles. It has to work in dev mode. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and all these things. Mm -hmm. So is, is, there, is um, there something like a manifest? What to do? There is a contributing guide. Well, there's an extension guide. OK. Um, on how to write your own extension. I wouldn't even say that's like a principles um document you know a manifesto or any or a principles document or anything mm -hmm. it's just you know here's here's what you want to do here's how you do it here's my, here's why you might want to do it um but that's a good question i don't know if we have that somewhere in in in, in saying that um but there might be a, an FAQ that we created that, that that has some of that in there. But but I got um, you. Oh, but, so the, the answer is basically you have the teams which provide you know uh, you know Vertex and and all the others that they, they're already going in the direction. And with Quarkus you get an integration point and everyone contributes to Quarkus because they save you know memory and CPU cycles and it's a popular framework. So everyone is on on the on on Quarkus right now would like to be. And this is why it's everything seems to be. Working that well because everyone is interested in Quarkus, right? So no one is forced to use Quarkus. Everyone would like to be on Quarkus, right? It's definitely pull. Yeah. yeah uh, sorry. Yeah. It's definitely pull. People are being pulled in just because of the value proposition. And I'll be honest, it's like they can develop pretty quickly using Quarkus, right? With all the live coding stuff and um, built in. So even writing extensions um, or, or, or migrating your app on top, on, on top of Quarkus becomes, um, you know, pretty portable. So um, now on top of this, what you're starting to see is more so than early on, um, we're starting to be driven somewhat by community feedback. So your point is, um, you know, it's not pure community in that it's, it's um, you know, driven by independent contributors, but we are, we do have external contributions. So I, you know, I mentioned a couple like Hazelcast, there's Flyway and, uh, I think Vault might have been external too, and we're we're probably somewhere between a half a dozen and a dozen external contributions. The JSF folks, right, mm -hmm. um, uh, now have um, support on mm -hmm. Quarkus, and so when they want to contribute an extension, usually they they come to either our, our Dev Alias or our Zulip channel, and they say, "Hey, we want to do something," and they typically work with one of the you know, core contributing members on, you know, what do I want to do? How do I want to do it? How do I make it work? Um, and so we instill those principles. But now what you're even starting to see is feedback from the from those open source contributors providing that same 
kind of feedback to other people interested in running extensions, right? So the community aspect is definitely growing, um, which is awesome to see. Yeah. So during you know during this time where we are trying to maintain this core set of principles. Yeah, and what's also so. feedback to you? So um, the extensions part. I was in a larger project with an uh, internal developer, so and and he he was very mm -hmm. proud, you know. So he's like, "Hey, I've wrote my first Quarkus extension. I would never, never <laughs> expect that. You know, it's just like I expected he he wanted you know to try the microservice in Quarkus. Now he started with the extension. So okay, nice. And uh, it was just hello world. Was really proud about the extension. So um, I think uh, no kidding. So um, on on his observation, at least in Europe, Quarkus is I think one of the fastest growing frameworks right now so if i every so it is like it 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 it, it grows like crazy and and um at, at the uh airhex uh live at the, at the workshop two days ago someone mm -hmm. told me um with quarkus now they can do jakarta e again so they are really glad that they come back you know to the nice and and easy to use apis and uh, I say, okay, this is interesting mm -hmm. because uh, I, I never, I never did something else. But if you enjoyed, you know, that much is an interesting part. So I think what's really unique um, in, with Quarkus is um, is that it is extremely innovative, but you don't have to relearn your skills. And um, and mm -hmm. uh, to give you an example, in one project we had to to convert Kafka messages to WebSockets. And uh, and and SSE at the same time, and uh, we mm -hmm. started with uh, what my my client started with uh, JaxOS, but because of programming mistake, uh, he it didn't work, and and then he tried you no know, Vertex, because he could do the same with Vertex, and Vertex was uh, mm -hmm. extremely com complicated. So if you look at Vertex, it is uh, it is very powerful, but it's like you know um, um, expert tool, I would say. And um, it, it's totally unopinionated, and it's a toolkit. Yeah, yeah. But if you and they they say will, okay, the Vertex team will, will specifically tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, and and he was really completely, you know, uh, helpless. Like, okay, this is crazy. I cannot make it work. And then with uh, with Quarkus, we just uh, took uh, the um, microprofile reactive messaging. I think I confused the both specs. So both about messaging. That one where you know say incoming and outgoing. So we we just put a, mm -hmm. took an incoming message from Kafka and outgoing we we uh we just you know mapped to SSE and WebSocket and it worked right right away. So there was actually uh so okay this is not about Quarkus it was about microprofile it could would also work somewhere else but it was you know mm -hmm. problem solved. And and this is the power. No, if if you would force that uh, everyone who would like to use Quarkus will have to learn, let's say Vertex. I pro for instance, for me, it would be completely uninterested framework. So mm -hmm. for me, it would be forget it. But now, uh, for instance, uh, some of my clients would like to migrate from Java E to Quarkus. So okay, let's do it. Not a problem. I mean, there's not a huge risk because in case Quarkus dies, let's say we can migrate to Heliton or somewhere else. It's not like you are completely, you know, depending mm -hmm. on a proprietary framework. So I would say we have the first time something which is uh, extremely beneficial from memory and CPU uh, perspective, which is very important for marketing. So I don't care that much, but uh, it's really important for adoption. And um, and but you don't have to relearn your skills. So this is this is the point, and and this combination is 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 perfect. So I. I I'll, I'll tell you what, um, I'm going to point back to that Vodafone Greece session. Um, I think you really should watch it because 
while you might think memory and startup time is is good for marketing, oh, okay, it is, right? I mean, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it's also got some serious real-world benefits. So if, if you look at what the, the problem Vodafone had is they had these services that would take um, like 40 seconds to start, right? And the problem became when the Kubernetes cluster realized that they started getting uh, increased traffic, so they needed to add replicas, before the new replica instances started, because it took 40 seconds, the old services were already overloaded and, and failing, mm-hmm. right? And the users, you know, the callers mm-hmm. were, were, were getting errors. And so what they found is when they moved this to Quarkus, this completely eliminated this problem um, because it started, uh, it went from 40 seconds down to 14. And this is all on the JVM, by the way. They went from 12 replicas uh, between two to 12 replicas to serve that traffic down to two to four with Quarkus. They went down, they used half the CPU and half the RAM. No, I'm um, some, I, I was with, in with project. But my point is that the startup time, Yeah. but my point is the startup time and the um, memory utilization in the context of Kubernetes, which is a, don't forget that this is kind of one of the main focuses of Quarkus. It doesn't have to be used in Kubernetes, but that's a main focus. Those two metrics really matter a lot yeah for the health of a cluster yeah so okay yeah 40 40 seconds is a lot so i i would say if you if you um i did some uh, some podcasts with uh payara users and whitefly users and they build microservices and they started 10 seconds or something so uh, it is not as as bad if you do it properly well, and and um well it's Sorry, I started to interrupt again. Keep in mind that when you're running in the cloud, you're not getting four CPUs. You're getting a portion of a CPU. Yeah. Right? So so that's a lot of that, I think, is what's driving the 40 seconds. And, you know, if you're running on your desktop, maybe it starts in 10 or 15 seconds. Yeah. Right? But, um, but yeah. Having said that, some of my clients are really into, you know, memory optimization. And uh, mostly because, you know, the internal memory is so expensive. It's not like the memory is actually mm-hmm. expensive. So they have to pay a lot for the RAM. So and then with Quarkus we can save a lot of money. So there are business cases, and it's really nice that it starts fast. So uh, back to your point, what I do mm-hmm. if I'm at the very first time on my client, they ask me about Quarkus, I immediately show you know the difference between Quarkus, let's say Tomcat, empty on Je- or Jetty, Quarkus, and native compilation. And I and if I show them you know how how small the memory footprint is, the discussion stops and we can focus on the real thing, you know? And we say, okay, we always have right. the option to go to the to the native compilation. And um, what's, what is forgotten, actually, how small Quarkus is on the VM. So uh, you get mm-hmm. already a lot of optimizations, forget about Graal, just, you know, run Quarkus on the VM. This is already mm-hmm. a half of, of our usual application servers. You can, you can save... 50% of a memory is Corcus without any magic, just running on stock OpenJDK. And, um, mm-hmm. and and this is the, the interesting part, right? And um, so um, so I'm, I'm just with you. So I'm just, uh, people are interested to know about mm-hmm. just, because it's very easy to talk about memory in CPU. So if there's nothing, you know, mm-hmm. to talk, you can say, okay, Java is slow, application servers are bloated, and you can have a nice, you know, launch conversation. But... Um, but uh, for for many clients, like startups, they really don't care that much about memory because they have a few services. If they, whether they pay you know 
two euros a month or, or 10 euros, no one cares. But if right. I were a Netflix or, or Vodafone, complete different conversation, right? So it's, they're, they're, you cannot just, you know, wait until one minute until something starts up. But it's not like, you know, majority of my clients are Vodafone, you know. This is not, uh, it is uh, probably three of my clients have such a problem. And, and, and most of my clients are just, you know, building boring applications and the developer experience is, 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 is the most important thing, I would say. One of the user studies, I can't remember which one, um, that was at, you know, again, go, just go to the Red Hat Summit page, uh, just Google Red Hat Summit, and uh, you, you can create an account and watch the mm -hmm. sessions, um, talked about the cost of, of running microservices in containers and in the cloud, and it makes a big difference. Like, I, I've seen even tweets um, or presentations where someone was able to reduce the size of their AWS image um, because they ran on Quarkus. Yeah, right? you, you would be able to do so. The yeah. Other, yeah, and the other interesting stat, there's a stat out there that says for every microservice you create, you have, I think, on average, really seven instances running somewhere, right? So if I have a user service, you have that user service running in production. Okay, you probably have two, three, four, five, mm -hmm. just depending on the scale you need. But you need at least redundancy, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so you, you at least have two to three. Yeah. Then you have some in your staging environment, yeah. right? And you're testing and, and, and so on, right? So multiply that times the amount of RAM that your microservice And the CICD pipeline, another one. And up really quick. Yeah, exactly. Because it's yeah. just hard to stop. No, no, I'm really glad that it's so fast. So I'm just, I don't like, you know, uh, that uh, Quarkus is just, you know, f focuses just on, on, on memory and CPU. It's not that important for me, but um, to, to give you an uh, in the uh, latest workshop, Quarkus is that fast. So what I did the entire time, I just used uh, Maven Clean or Maven Package and uh, Java minus Jar Runner, right? So I just started, you know, with my traditional way, Quarkus over and over again. And towards the end of the workshop, I say, hey, look, I, I completely forgot to show you the developer mode. And, and just did, you know, the Quarkus, uh, compile Quarkus.dev. And they say, okay, we, this was so fast, we didn't even recognize that you just, you don't using the, the developer mode because I just, you know, do the full build and started Quarkus as a production system, you know, Java minus Jar. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. so the develop, developer mode is, is, is interesting, but even more interesting is the fact that, you know, the standard mode is also ex is extremely fast. This is not like, no, the, the, yeah, yeah this, this is more interesting part, so. And um, what's what's you, you you mentioned you know microservices too often. I try to avoid a little bit microservices. So for me, we always start with monolith, and I think with with uh, Quarkus, you have also the unique opportunity to use the whole entire cloud native goodness to build the perfect monolith. Because Quarkus is so small, and if you are reasonable, you can actually ship the entire application as a single microservice, which is small, starts fast, and then you are extremely productive. Because you know every additional microservice, if they have to communicate without Kafka, let's say, so Kafka is a special case. But if you don't have Kafka, if you have just traditional microservice architecture, every additional or any additional microservice is an additional headache, you know, because okay, how they how they communicate with each other, what to do with transactions and what on timeout and the whole fault tolerance. If you if you ship one monolith, you are set, if you can, of course. Yeah, I mean that's that's the whole follower thing, right? It's like listen, if you can't. Um... If, if you can't properly um, loosely couple your services within a monolith, what makes you think you can add a network in between, yeah. <laughs> right, with microservices? Okay, I'm heavily paraphrasing, right? Yeah. Um, so the, the interesting thing is when I talk to most customers, 
even they admit they write um, basically uh, what's 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 a good word um, um, microliths, right? Yep. Somewhere in between. Yep. Um, it, so it's not a monolith necessarily. It's not a microservice. Yeah. The the interesting thing is, you know, you, you hear all these benefits of microservices, right? And there's obviously the downsides um, around improperly architected ones and latency and stuff like that. Um, then the interesting, I'm, I'm going to go back to this Vodafone one because it's fresh in my head because um, I just watched it um, actually a second time yesterday. So um, they actually, because they had written my, microservices, and based on the way they have to do testings and sign-offs and approvals in their production, they were able to take their existing service, rewrite in Quarkus, with very little risk and get it into production pretty quickly, mm-hmm. right? Relatively speaking to what they do with their with, with their monolith. They, and he says, if I had tried to do this with my monolith, then it would have taken I can't remember, you know, six months or whatever. So there, you know, some of the tr- there are some truths about microservices, but I agree that starting out with a you know a monolith and make sure you have that right mm-hmm. is not a bad, not a bad way to go. Yeah. Perfect for final words. So, um, any any else where people people can find you? So, if any you know, links or interesting you know. Yeah. So, uh, Jay Kligan on Twitter. Um, I have, that's where I'm most active. I have a, I have a blog that I haven't written on in like a year and a half, probably. Um, uh, just johnklingen.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I really should probably start writing blogs again. Um, and, and that's probably most of the place you, you'll see me in the micro profile, um, community, um, quite a bit mm-hmm. in the, in the chats, um, the micro profile, like, you know, if, if you're interested in micro profile and you want to see how all this stuff is made. Um, from um, a community perspective, we have um, live hangouts and microprofile live hangouts like every Tuesday. You can go to YouTube, the microprofile IO channel, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're kind of boring to watch, to be honest. Um, it's just a how sausage is made, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's the what, what goes on behind the scenes. So, um, you know, any of those places, but Twitter's probably where I'm, I'm, I'm most prolific these days. Hey, cool. So thank you. And um, I would like, we'll be really glad to have you back in the show, you know, in a few months again. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. Perfect. Thanks.